This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I want to go right now to Isaiah 55, which um, is probably going to take us in a direction different than what I had planned for tonight. But we are ending. Um, There really aren't any endings. I mean, you know, it's present, continuous, eternal life. We just keep living, you know. But for time frame purposes, we're coming to the end of a year. And I feel like God has done some really pronounced things in so um, they actually started. Well, we could go back generations for where the heartbeat of so started because it started before Pastor Barry was even born. And Pastor Barry has already gone home to be with the Lord. So heritage and legacy is a very big thing that God wants us to grasp in our lives. And, um, but when so came into existence, which was about two and a half years ago, there was something that God started doing in unlocking the, the power of the heartbeat of this house for teaching that, that people be groomed, nurtured in unadulterated truth. And you know that the scriptures are a gift from God to us, but what is the greatest of the gift is what the Holy Spirit does with this in the human heart. It's the gift that never stops giving. And even as we drink of what God is saying to us in our lives, we, and, and don't think, you know, we have to take back some words that some new agey type stuff has taken, but we emanate. We, your spirit is far bigger than just a little something in a heart-shaped something inside of you. Your spirit is great and big and, and emanating out. And so when God ministers to us and fills us and fills us and fills us, we begin to view everything around us differently. That was always his intention. That man would see the world. You see, God knew before the foundation of the world what would happen on the planet. He knew the frailty and what would happen in the garden. And so he built a plan whereby he could breathe life back into anything. He's breathing life into us all the time. He doesn't look at us and think how wrong we are. He comes after us. He nurtures us. He causes people to come around us, to support us, to to walk us through challenging times in life. Amen? So... One of the things that happened when, when the whole training process of the tuition-based school was thrown into the open by Pastor Gavin to no longer be tuition-based, but just the spirit that was there, he did not want it, kept behind closed doors in a classroom. He wanted it opened up. Anybody that wanted to come can come. So here we come to the end of another technical year, you know, 2019, and I feel like there are some absolutely astounding things that have been done in us, much of which we don't understand. You see, God builds and prepares us and you actually enter into the situations and circumstances of life. When you are walking with God, you, you step into them already prepared to thrive because of the seed. Let me read Isaiah. Starting at verse 8 of chapter 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make... I have so many notes in here and so much highlighting. It's like, make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I feel like this year God sent word to us in a lot of different forms, whether it was in our prayer times before um, we start on Wednesday nights, whether it was um, in teaching aspects, whether it was in worship, in testimonies. There were seeds God was sowing in our life, in friendships, in relationships we have here. There is seed that has come. And I feel like living in every single one of you all are explosive dynamo aspects that God has sown there. And so I feel like tonight, I want us to think about that. I want your focus right now, not even to be necessarily on what I would say standing up here as a teacher, but on what has happened this year, what things have spurred on in you. Because you see, he says, my word is not going to return void. Not going to. And I think we've said for the past few weeks, what is he doing in so individually, but it always has a corporate expression. What has he been doing in so? We've been talking for weeks now, the um, spirit-filled living. And I think it's important for us to really look at us as a group on Wednesday nights to look at what has been happening in us. Because it is not a natural thing. And I think it's important in the earth, in the body of Christ right now, for the body of Christ to to allow our minds to get out of this box. Please don't hear what I'm not saying, okay? Just hear my heart. To get out of this box called church and let the supernatural power of seed, the supernatural seed of God, do what it's supposed to do inside of us. It'll take us far beyond any challenge that can happen on this planet. It will cause us to walk through challenges emanating power and confidence, boldness, expectation. And I'm throwing out to you all tonight, and I'm telling you right now, if, if at any point it starts to hit you like, okay, there is something growing inside of me, pop up, get up, walk, do whatever you have to do. It's time for us to quit thinking we've got to stay in a chair. You see, we, we say... God is moving in the earth. Where is he moving? Inside of humans and through humans. And it's time for us to get past some of our thoughts of the single file or the sitting on a pew chair or whatever. If you have an explosive encounter tonight, I'm telling you from here on in, please don't hold it down. You know, we will go so far as to say, amen, yes, and we'll agree. But what about explosion? I remember years ago, I taught a, a worship course in um, the training center. And I, this class was amazing. I mean, some of them would sit and weep. And this one lady would get out in the aisle on her face. And then one girl told me one day, she said, I feel like I can't sit still. I feel like I want to run. And so I told her, well, then run. I, I don't, you're not going to freak me out. Little children do that. They'll get filled with excitement. And they don't quench it. We teach them how to push joy down. 
I'm not saying it's always, you know, like in school, they need to sit at their desk. But I mean, even other times. I've, I saw a mother one time at the mall, and she was walking along, and her little girl was holding on her mom's hand, trying to be good. But she was dancing, and she was singing, and she was doing all this stuff, and there was energy in her. Seriously, guys, there's energy in us. There's an energy in us that is not natural, not normal, and really does cry to have those straps cut. What will it take for us to let the straps be cut so that this, this word, this seed that comes from God... I hope nobody's feeling condemnation right now because I'm preaching to myself as much. I just think sometimes we are so conservative with the energy that just bubbles inside of us. And if you don't feel a bubbling inside, no condemnation tonight, okay? Maybe that this is some of that that will start stirring up. It's just that if you are a born-again child of God, you are not a mere human. You have come to the realization that you were built for the fabulous Built for the open space. But how does the freedom of a son express? It doesn't just happen as glitter in the air. Are you all with me? Okay, I'm going to go to Ephesians 5.18. Because there is stuff happening. There are things happening in people. I've pondered, I've gone home and pondered What's been happening and so this year, even what's been happening just in this spirit-filled living course and some of the, the times that I've gone home and felt like, oh my, I felt like I exploded in here at times and, and I felt like there were times that God used me to egg you all on and to challenge you and why would he do that? That wasn't about me. That was about the magnificence of you. That was about the power in you. It doesn't cause a person to act crazy and challenge people with the word, what is happening? inside? Something's happening. Sometimes we need to just get with God and ask him, what's going on in me? Do you know that sometimes frustration, agitation, and even anger or anxiousness can be the movement of the Holy Spirit inside the human heart? If you are frustrated and you are tired of the mundane and you feel as though I want more than this, that could be the Holy Spirit. But see, sometimes we just reduce it to that's just my own frustrations because my life isn't going the way I want it. So often, seriously, we'll reduce or I'm not behaving the way I'm supposed to. And we'll reduce things to just a human experience when in actual fact, inside of you, the Holy Spirit with you is stirring, stirring, provoking, pushing, almost, now don't hear what I'm not, like don't think this is horrid, but I'm going to use languaging. Sometimes it's like he dares us, like come on, I dare you to believe. What do you have going on that you feel like you know what this, this beautiful word says, but it's not happening? Say no condemnation. It's not about condemnation, right? Ephesians 5.18. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Okay. So, people, my so peeps, 
This in the Greek is present continuous tense. In other words, don't be filled during the hour of worship and then sit quietly on the pew the rest of the night. Don't be filled on Wednesday nights and on Sunday and then try to hold yourself down. Because sometimes don't we hold ourselves down because we don't want to be religious. We don't want to look weird. Well, in a debilitated planet, we should look weird. It should be kind of odd with some of the things going on that people have peace. And so there's no way to have the truth that we have here and blend in. Are you with me? So what that actually says in Ephesians 5.18 is be being filled all the time. So when I say to you, what has happened in you this year? What seed is inside of you ruffling the feathers of the ground of your interior? Because what a seed, what a natural seed actually does, if you think about it, we see not really the life. We see the hard exterior of a seed, a natural seed, like um, a kernel of corn or a, um, a flower seed. We see the hard exterior. We don't really see the life. But inside of that seed, when it's put into the dirt of earth, there are, and I don't, I'm not a scientist or a biologist or anything like that, so I don't know what, but there are chemicals and there are life-giving things in that dirt that are made to receive that seed. And that seed is built so that that hard exterior preserves the life. But when you put it in the dirt, the moisture, the chemicals, all of those things break down that seed and release the life. Okay. That's why when the seed of God's word goes inside you, something happens. Your dirt, if you will, is built for the seed. Our lives, no matter what our lives look like, our interior is built for this. And when the two come together, there is a reaction. It's called born again. But when you're born again, it shouldn't stop on one date. We've talked about this. So what's happening inside you? What do you think? What do you think? Are you thinking about things? Is this word causing you to think about things? Might be causing you to think mad thoughts like, well, I see this in the word, but I see this in my life. Let the chemical reaction happen and get with God and say, so what does this mean to me? How do I think? What do my thoughts need to change? Do my actions need to change? He might say, just keep meditating, keep pondering, keep running that around inside of you because it does take time for the seed in the ground to propagate. It's so, God made it so simple. He even spoke to the disciples, and it's recorded in Mark chapter 4, that, and I believe somewhere around verse 25, 26, but he was having a conversation with them and teaching them about the seed and the soil and farming and propagation. And he said, if you don't understand this parable, you're going to have trouble understanding anything. He wasn't just meaning anything he said. Anything on this planet. Because one of the powerful spiritual laws 
that manifests naturally on planet Earth is seed time and harvest. The whole planet was built perpetual. When you plant an apple tree, one apple produces enough seeds. One apple seed actually builds enough orchards for eternity. Because each seed brings another tree that brings multiple apples, which each have multiple seeds. He's painting pictures. What is this word doing inside of you? What people's salvation is being prepared inside of you right now? People that you'll meet maybe five years from now. But he's building you strong, fortified, absolutely unmovable to truth. Do you believe he can use you in the earth? Be being filled with the spirit. See, all of this, it happens on Wednesday nights. It happens when you leave here. It happens when you leave here and you go home and you get in your bed and you fall asleep. Inside of you, the seed and the soil are still activating. Your spirit doesn't sleep. And... Newsflash, neither does your mind. That's why we dream. There's things happening inside of us all the time. It's supernatural. Are y'all with me? Because this is like changing. It's not going exactly the direction I thought. But I, I think at the end of this year, it's important because we're entering another year. We're entering 2020. So is going to the next level in 2020. There's going to be some things happening with curriculum, with teachers coming in. There is something being built that's going this way out, broader and broader and broader. What part do you play? So here's the, a, a deep truth of this be being filled. Allow yourself to yield and thus be guided, touched, filled, and motivated by the Spirit. I highlighted in that sentence, allow, yield, be guided, touched, filled, motivated. Allow. That's an important word. Do you know the first way to allow what's happening to happen is to acknowledge it. To acknowledge, to remind yourself all week long, the word of God is working in me. The word of God is doing something. The word of God is adjusting my attitude. You got a creepy attitude. The word of God is working in you. The Holy Spirit is always there to help us with our attitudes, always. Which means the word of God is working inside of us. Do you know that even the realization to know it's a wrong attitude comes by the power of the Holy Spirit? What a gift. What a gift. And it comes with no condemnation. He doesn't condemn us. It's kind of like, Kathy, I noticed by observation, you're not in a good place. You know, when I think, ugh. Kathy, you're not in a good place. Guess who told me? But see, I can lean to just my own understanding that, oh, I'm not in a good place. And it can make you feel really funky because you feel guilty. You feel like, I'm better than this. But when we realize the comforter is right there, he's guiding us. 
He guides us with insights, yielding, to lean in, to be touched. You know, you can come into worship on a Wednesday night tired, maybe a rough day. I know some of you get get up really early and you commute to work long distances. You work tough hours, commute long distances in traffic to come faithfully on Wednesday nights. And it's not always fun and it's not always the thing we want to do. And then we come in and we're tired. Right? But to literally say, I'm here tonight, Father. You're here with me, in me. We are all here together. Not all of us feel like being here. I don't always feel like being here. Once I get here, I love being with you guys. But you know how sometimes it's tired. Sometimes it's like, I could go to sleep. But then I'm with you guys and it's different because that something inside me is stimulated and I've learned to yield to it, to yield to it, to know there a few weeks ago, it was so wild because I came in here and it was like, as I came in, energy drained and I was so exhausted. It was very bizarre. I was so exhausted. I actually almost felt lightheaded and I stood in the front like, "Ah, Jesus, what's going on here? And I just reminded myself I am with my people, and we're together, and we're in the presence of God. You're in me, Father, and I'm meant to be here, and I'm meant to teach tonight. So something's going to happen. How? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I yielded with my thinking. The Word of God says, in all your ways, says this in um, Proverbs, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. In all your ways acknowledge him. That sounds, you know, like super, you know, whatever, spiritual or religious or whatever. But it's so simple. It's just in a crazy place or in a tired place or in a good place to acknowledge him. Sometimes we think acknowledging him is, you know, well, let me go to the Bible and read the Bible. No, there's Bible in you. There's word in you. There's seed in you rising up to grab your thoughts, to comfort your heart. To stabilize when you feel maybe depressed or you feel like everything here at work is working my last nerve. You know, just because I work in a church doesn't mean my nerves don't get worked. (laughs) Just because as staff, we love each other to bits. But siblings don't always feel like they want to like each other. We have disagreements. We have just, I mean, we're human. We're human. We laughingly say, We should do video and stuff and call it the church office. (laughs) It would be hilarious. You know, sometimes when you spend as much time together, I'm just going to give you, this is like light brain, you know, get a little brain break here. When you spend as much time together as we do, we know each other's bathroom breaks. We know bathroom habits. We even know what food causes bathroom habits. And I'm saying that because life is interesting. Life is crazy. But we are supernatural beings. Even saying that, I stand here as a teacher of the word of God, as a pastor. I'm not, I hope you're not offended that I talk that honest. This is real life on planet earth. But God says this word's working in us. This word is working in us right this minute. So allow, yield, be guided, touched, filled, and motivated. Even when you just take one moment and acknowledge, okay, I recognize I have a bad act. attitude right now, Jesus, you're talking to me to acknowledge that you believe he's given you some inside information 
Because you do realize there's people on the planet that have bad attitudes and don't care they have bad attitudes and actually think they're justified in having them. Just saying cheers if you're that person. I love you. So some of this, this bee being filled, this is why. Okay, hear me. This is why last week's teaching, you do realize last week's teaching was literally hot off the press. Heather had not planned on teaching that night until 4.30 or 5.30, something like that. I had asked her a week before. She had turned me down because she didn't think she was going to be here last Wednesday. Then she turned out to be here, didn't want to say yes because she didn't feel prepared. And I said, girl, you've been being prepared for 15 years. What are you talking about? This is like your revelation. Because I wanted her to share about, about praying in the Spirit. This is why last week's teaching about praying in the Spirit is so key. And if you're not yet baptized in the Spirit with the evidence of tongues, don't be you know, upset here. Because the beginning of praying, even with a heavenly language, is to pray. I mean, you can pray by the Spirit before you know how to pray in a heavenly language. So... Giving yourself to prayer with the Holy Spirit is a very powerful thing. It, but this type of prayer or this type of praying is intimacy with God. And it's profoundly powerful because it takes us and places our focus on the fact that we are spirit beings, that we are spiritual beings, not just natural. We are spirit beings having a natural experience. See, this is powerful stuff when you begin to put your existence in proper order. We're not humans who have spiritual experiences. Can we just, we're like rearranging the dots. Remember we talked a couple of weeks ago about that's what makes different pictures is the pixels change and the light affects things and people moving. If you reduce a picture and I said I stretch pictures like when my grandbabies, my daughter sends me pictures. You know, I stretch them out and I get right down looking in their eyes. But have you ever noticed if you do that like on an iPad or a phone and the more you stretch it, the more you can kind of see the dotting kind of, right? Take your life and stretch it out with God. Let him really show you what he's doing. You may say I have this horrible habit or I have this thing I need to hide. Stretch it out with God. Don't be ashamed and don't be afraid. Stretch it out with God. He'll help you to get insight into why. And he won't condemn you. But he will plant seed in it. Kind of like salve. You know, Neosporin, you get a boo-boo, you put Neosporin on it. You act like a boo-boo, he puts Neosporin on it. He puts seed in that soil. So it puts us, that, that aspect, the way, remember at the end we had encounters together as we prayed together. One thing led to another. This is the beautiful thing about God. With God, one thing leads to another. That's what I'm asking you tonight is to just consider what has happened through this year because his intention was not just each Wednesday we get to be together and we like each other and we love God. But he's been intentionally doing things where one seed leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And you've got a garden going on inside of you. And that garden actually is filled with seed for other gardens. 
So that kind of praying puts you in a position of very close proximity to God spiritually and to his thoughts, ideas, and perspectives. Anybody ever, and I'll admit ahead of time, I've felt like this. You almost don't want to get in close proximity. I mean, we're always, he's with us. So we're always in close proximity. But I'm painting pictures. Do you ever kind of in an area not want to get in close proximity to God? Because you know you're going to feel like, I don't, I just want to, I'm just going to live my life. And I got a busy life right now. So he understands. Anybody ever done it? I'm going to put both hands up because I've done it. Just kind of like. I don't really want to look at any, and I'll be honest with him. I don't really want to look at this today, God. But one thing that I've learned to say to him is, but I give you permission to change my mind. Because I know with the seed that's inside of me, he can kind of drown me in desire. I found a quote in my Bible. I I put quotes. This Bible is literally falling apart, but I don't want to send it to be rebound because then I don't have it with me and I've got... 30 years, well, actually probably 20 years of quotes that I've taken from, from elders that have blessed my heart. And I found one um, from Clark Taylor, and he said, desire is something that won't leave your mind. That can be good and that can be bad. Right? No condemnation. God's not trying to bring condemnation, but he is trying to bring awareness. And he wants to drown our desires with light. I'm kind of hungry for him to show me in the stretched out pictures of me what, what's up. You know, it does help to know yourself and to, and to get better understanding of yourself. And the cool thing that I love is that the scriptures say that love covers a multitude of sin. And that's not just God's love toward us. But when we love each other, we can cover each other's frailties. But there are some, some frailties go deep in the gray matter. You know, I believe that he'll heal any wound. But some people have a struggle getting rid of them. And I think that's where we have to start walking in unity with one another and really care enough about one another to pray for each other, to, to stand and, and hold each other up. But I also know that in that process, God wants to touch us individually. So there's some work he's doing. I'm looking at some things that he's been doing in me in this year with you all. There's some things that he has said to me even in the past couple of months that I know now were seeds to prepare me for the massive change in 2020. God's pretty cool. The good news, you know, we call we call the... The gift of salvation from Jesus, good news, the gospel. The good news, the gospel, brings inspiration. You see, even whatever God's been doing in you through this year with the seed of what you're learning, not just on Wednesday nights, but I'm focusing on Wednesday nights because I know what's been put out seed-wise from the teachers. It brings inspiration. Inspiration is when something comes inside you and begins to literally bring to life to be inspired is to come to life, to come to awareness, to wake up, to open up, to release to. If you think about it, when God, um, in the beginning, when God created man, he first built the spiritual aspect of man. From nothing at all, God says, let us create man in our image. So spiritually speaking, God creates man out of nothing but himself, but no preexistent natural material. Then he builds the housing, 
to breathe into. When he breathed into Adam, he breathed the breath of lives, but he inspired him. You see, God expired, you know, like exhaled, and Adam inhaled from God. God breathed into him the breath of lives. He breathed multiplicity into him. He breathed into him the capacity to increase, to be powerful with his touch, with his entire existence. It's important to understand these things because he was the first man. And so what we see in Genesis, which is the book of beginnings, that's what it actually means. It's the Genesis, the book of beginnings. So the beginning of man was that he was to be filled by God. Subtle change came, blip on the screen, but God knew it was going to come and had already planned redemption. Didn't back up, just said, okay, I'm I'm still going to breathe into him. Because now what he carries will also bring about salvation. And ultimately, there'll be another born. Are y'all with me? I know that there's only one Savior, one Jesus. But Jesus and the way that God inspires us and the way that God fills us causes Jesus to be multiplied. He was, the Bible says, the firstborn among many brethren. He was the firstborn among many that would awaken to the realization of how fearfully and wonderfully we are made. Our bodies, the dirt of the earth, the earthly material was built for the seed of God, built for the supernatural reproductive capacity of God himself. I'm not taking away his deity at all. He chose to make us that way. So what has been happening this year? What progressive revelation actually lives in you that maybe you don't know that you know that? Is everybody tired? Am I making sense? I'm not speaking a foreign language? Okay. So the true, the truth, the true gospel brings inspiration. It brings that which fills and motivates. We could say energizes. There are things that God's been seeing, his dreams, that he's put inside each one of us, even for Wednesday nights and even beyond Wednesday nights. But the power of us coming together is that not only will we release together, but our agreement causes it to be multiplied in its expression. We agree together. We trust one another. We trust him. We come into this environment. We learn together. And then we leave this environment literally having agreed that from this point on, everything's going to multiply out from this house. See, it's not for a church. It's for people. It's for us. It's for others. It's for all the different spheres of life, the school system, the hospitals, the, the businesses. What if the chief executive officers in businesses realized they're pastors? They have the privilege to shepherd. I'm just saying. We make everything like a church call. We make everything like church offices. No, they're governmental offices for the earth. Those who go and proclaim, evangelize, 
Some people that want to tell about Jesus, you can't. They tell everywhere, and they try and get us born again over and over and over. If, if we don't teach them, just go out there and go after everybody. If it moves, get it born again. Teach it. But don't teach it the church message. Teach it the truth. Teach people the truth. Are you all with me? Is this making sense? It's so important. Because we've held the truths of God for too long inside of buildings. And they're built for humans. This supernatural power is for humans, not for church services. When we yield our will to the will, Pastor Barry used to always say, the will of God is the word of God. You want to know what his will is? Go to his word. You want to know how he's exercising his will on your behalf? Go to his word. He is not willing. As a Baptist, I held tightly to this to go out on visitation. He's not willing that any perish. But even once you have been born new, he's still not willing that you perish. He doesn't want us to perish in our own thinking that might be in error. So he comes after us and he says, "Mm, whack-a-doodle thinking, Kath. Let's look at the word. Holy Spirit will be like, you need to think a little bit about this truth. Think about what's happening in you. When I was scared spitless to be called and have to talk in public, he would talk to me about that. Why are you scared? I don't like to talk in front of people. Why don't you like to talk in front of people? I'm embarrassed. Why are you embarrassed? Sometimes we just got to go ahead and talk those questions out. Why are we embarrassed to go out into public and, and bring life? Why are, why are we, this is my big question. Why are we embarrassed? And I'm saying this to me too. To do certain things in praise and worship. Why, when Alex gets quieter on the keys, do our voices get quieter? I'm just saying. Mine does too. Why? Why, if he stops singing, do we stop singing? Because sometimes our hearts don't want to stop singing. But when he stops singing, we so obedient. It's getting quieter, and he's the leader. These are all of our excuses. And yet, inside of us, something's stirring. Something's bubbling. I loved a couple of weeks ago... When Kevin Watkins did the offering and, and he came up and he had the mic, but he wasn't done. And he knew that Alex wasn't, well, he just felt like, and he's, he just kept singing with the mic. I loved it. I loved it. And then for, I don't know, three or four or five minutes. And then he did the offering, but he let his worship go. Something different than is usually done, but it's okay. Okay. I want to share with you the definition of will. Okay. Take a deep breath, because we all have a will. What a gift. We have free will. Do you realize angelic beings don't even have free will? They don't, they don't have the freedom to use their will the way they want to. They have to use it according to how God directs them. We're in his image. He gave us the freedom to use our will. And the crazy thing is, because of what Jesus did, really, if I do something wrong, technically... I should go up and smoke. Like if you do something separate from God. But he chose to build things in such a way that no, we don't go up and smoke when we do something separate from his will. Here's what will means. It's the faculty by which a person decides on and initiates action. (laughs) Even God. But he chose to do it all out of righteousness and out of love. Control deliberately exerted to do something or to restrain one's own impulses. It's a deliberate or fixed desire or intention. 
some of us have had willful behaviors that really needed salvation. I mean, I've shared with you measures of my testimony. I mean, quite frankly, it's the way I chose to live my life as a young adult. It's not meant to be spoken all of it out loud. But suffice it to say that it was not according to God's will. And yet I'd been born again as a child. And I'm going to stand here in front of you and say, I know I was born again as a child. Because the word of God says, when you receive him, he doesn't leave. He saves you. But I went to a carnal place because there, were will, there was will inside me, willful action separate from his truth. Because I really, honestly, in the denomination, I was taught some of the word, but not some of the power that would cause me to know how to bring this into alignment with God's truth and into obedience according to his will. You see, he's not wanting well-behaved children that just look pretty. He wants a safe and blessed and provided for. And he wants us secure mentally and emotionally, right? I want to go to, um, and I'm going to use the Passion Translation. I think I want to go to Colossians 1. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wind this down because I'm, I'm going to leave with you guys this whole aspect of um, talking to him about what, what is he doing in you? What has he been doing in you? Let me see, 127, Colossians 127. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. Glory is simply the the manifestation of God, the actual manifestation of God. This mystery of Christ embedded within us (sighs) becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. I'm going to read that again. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. See, whatever he's been doing in you this year, he wants to flood you with it. Sometimes we'll think, well, his word is working in me just to help me with this little thing. There's no such thing as little thing or big thing. Anytime God is working in us, it's big. Because it's massive in its potential. It may seem small, but remember a seed, one apple seed planted, brings forth a multiplicity of the potential for further orchards. Are you with me? So what's happening in you has a flooding potential that will not just fill you and your life, but it cannot be contained in one life. That's how massive the working of the word in one human is. It cannot just stay with you. It will overflow you. It's overflowing you even now in this room. And when you go places, it's overflowing. But do you think about that? Think about it so that it can flood even higher. The, the word that Babette got tonight about the dam breaking and there being a flood and the rivers flowing. Jesus said, remember we had fountains and rivers last week is what we talked about. Jesus said there'll be a fountain that'll rise up inside of you and it will become rivers of living water flowing out of you. It's so powerful. We have the capacity to bring salvation everywhere we go, even just attitudinally. 
We can go to places where there's fear and there's disruption and conflict and chaos because people are afraid of the future. And we can bring peace and calm. And why? Because we know that God is with us. And God cares about mankind and he cares about this planet. You see, this is so important. What, what barrage of living water is happening inside of you right now? I, I dare you guys to think about that over the Christmas holiday. This is our last night and then we'll meet again on January 8th is when we pick up next year. But I dare you to look at what is he doing in you? Don't make light of it. Don't, don't think small of yourself. Please don't. There are things happening in you that have the potential to change what's going on in this region. You have answers. You could have growing in you. I'm going to say something because I want to blow your mind. You could have living within you the cure for cancer. Actually, you do because it's called the Christ. The cure for cancer. The cure for depression. You have friends around you that need the wealth inside of you. I want to skip over from verse 27 to chapter 2, verse 3. For our spiritual wealth is in him, like hidden treasure waiting to be discovered. Heaven's wisdom and endless riches riches of revelation knowledge. That's what's in you. You have spiritual wealth. I know you're tired. I know it's Wednesday night. It's nine minutes to nine. All of you have had long nights or long days. But I want to encourage you before you leave. So tonight you are magnificent and you have things happening in you as a result of the seed. All of us have different things going on. You have the power of God unto salvation happening inside of you. The power of God. Power of God. The Apostle Paul said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. This was a man, a brilliant man, but just a man. The power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of this good news. I'm not ashamed of the fact that I actually know I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And this seed can live inside me and do miraculous things. See, don't look for just the spectacular. A smile to another human could grab them from suicide. Do you realize that? I heard, I heard a testimony years ago. Um, and it was a testimony of a couple of teenagers. And this one teenager... Um, just, he dealt with a lot of um, low self-worth and, and just feeling like nobody cared about him. And he had his backpack packed and he was heading home and he had actually made plans to commit suicide. I think he was 15. And this young fella, born again fella, chased after him, said, hey, your backpack looks really heavy. Can I help you carry some of your books? That was it. Befriended him, walked pretty close to his home, helped him carry his books. And it changed him. A born-again child of God gave a gesture of kindness and it turned a 15-year-old's life. 
You know how the guy that was kind found out? He was speaking publicly about 15 years later. And the kid who was going to commit suicide was in the meeting. Now, there's a lot of spectacular things there that happened. I mean, even God bringing them back together after 15 years. But it started with a simple action. Please don't make light of who you are. So I'm going to close with this verse, um, verse 19 of Colossians 2. And it says, speaking of people who refuse to take hold of the true source. I want you to know, my so peeps, the true source lives in you. The source of life. Not just to you. But it must be first to you and you must realize how magnificent what's happening in you is. It's really large. It's really expansive. And the thing that's so beautiful is it won't end with you when you graduate and go home to the Lord. You will leave in the earth seed that will continue to change lives and continue to progress forward. Because this beautiful word is eternal never ending, and it never dies. Just like the rain and the snow comes and waters the earth. With you, my so peeps, he's watering the earth. Come and let him talk to you about how he's been watering you so that you can overflow. Father, we honor you tonight. We love you. We thank you so much for these times we have with you and with one another. Thank you for what you're doing in our our household here. Thank you for what you're doing. And so I thank you for what you're doing in these men and women, Father God, and I bless it and honor it. And I thank you that you will open further the eyes of their understanding to see the magnificent things you are building as you love them and as you guide them and as you bring forgiveness and grace and acceptance. I thank you that the boundaries, whether it be fears or timidity or maybe just lack of awareness that as the as the walls drop as the boundaries are just laid aside i thank you for an abandoned beauty of your truth that explodes out of their lives i thank you for joy through this holiday season i speak blessing over each household represented here tonight i thank you that jesus loves and accepts every member of their families whether they know him yet or not And I just thank you for safety, for traveling mercies, for those who are going to be traveling. And I thank you for complete provision that they can have beautiful meals and have gifts together and and just enjoy friends and family.